0: This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion recap. Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest. More Usos drama. Braun Breaker calls out Seth Rollins. That. Oh, and we also have MJF and Adam Cole. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. We also have the Guns join Bullet Club? Is that... What the fuck happened uh, I don't know. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vakey, aka Dabakato Kalen. And sitting directly across from me, we
1: have Jason <laughs> Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? The funny part about that is I was had NXT on the background uh on Tuesday night because I was off and I saw Dabakato on NXT and I'm like Damn, when the fuck did he go to hit NXT? There's
0: all sorts of motherfuckers I on HD now. <laughs> I
1: was like, what the fuck is going on? And Shit. out
0: there in Portland, oh, oh, sorry, Jay. Oh, Jason Cornelius Bell, I didn't let you do your thing. Go ahead, do your thing.
1: I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 311, chapter 3, verse 14 of the Good Sparks. Say hashtag, who the heels? It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, beat, holy trendy of BFR now. May continue.
0: Sorry about that. Of I'm so, I'm sober this weekend. I'm sober this week. So <laughs> my timing's all thrown off. And right? out there in Portland, Oregon, we have three beers. Zach Coleman. what's
1: going on? Three beers. Beer for Wilson House.
2: Oh, man. Um, just about to go out and buy a shitload of popcorn because uh, Donald Trump was just indicted on federal charges. So uh, I think there's going to be a shortage. Everybody's going to be like Michael Jackson and Thriller Popping that shit Yeah, Uh, no way old Donnie
0: can slip out of this one Uh, Donald Trump easily slips out of it Ah, well, nevertheless
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, clearly have not been paying attention So we are coming
0: at you from Beautiful St. Charles, Missouri Uh, It is very nice outside The Skeeters are as big as possums Vice is in tow, sitting right here, hanging out, just chilling out for the duration. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take take like a month off drinking i went really really hard uh this past weekend celebrating the life of a uh, of an old friend uh it was a very great weekend jason and i saw a lot of people that we haven't seen in a very long time uh, lots of bar regulars from it, it was like 2009 up in that picture. I was like <laughs> god damn I haven't, forget, I haven't seen you i, I forgot about you yeah, where no the fuck did you, you come from alive, yeah, I know. <laughs> but. Uh, Tons of fun. Uh, Rest in peace, Jackie Steason. Everybody else, stay loose. And without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Now, JCB, I gave him the dealer's choice for whatever he wanted to do. He said, well, I just talked about Dominion on Monday. And I was like, well, who talked about Dominion on Monday? And he was talking about his other podcast now. That there's only one thing you can call that and that is
3: absolute fucking bullshit.
0: You can't let the other podcast
1: bleed into your professionalism on this podcast. You understand, Jason? Kind of the reason why I didn't want I personally didn't want to talk about it, but then
0: let me talk about it on count 3. Don't worry. I will cut this part out in post. We will edit this part out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. JCB, kick it off. Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm being browbeaten again. Okay, let's talk about WWE. Jesus there we go. Christ, all right. Lord, there, we, there
0: we go. <sighs> What's going on with WWE?
1: Um, I guess the, obviously the the one big story once again, still the bloodline, all bloodline all day long. SmackDown um, is basically was well, at least for last Friday night the the bloodline storyline where it was the thousand day celebration of Roman reigns. Um, Rumor was abound that he he was going to get a new title, which he did very similar to Seth. I'm assuming that the other two tiles will be retired at this point. Personally, just to see people's heads explode. I would love to see Roman still carry all three tiles just to kind of rub it in everybody's faces, neither here nor there. So obviously Paul Heyman is, Setting up said celebration and there is supposedly double security set up for the Usos not to make it in and, Somehow, some way, they magically slip slip in. I don't know. This is there's right? This has got to be the same security that runs NXT's parking lot and all this other shit, because nobody can safe in NXT. That's parking the least lot. secure parking lot in the motherfucking <laughs>
0: world, dude.
1: And in this scenario, people always getting <laughs> fucked up
0: in that parking lot.
1: Usos on the biggest day of Roman Reigns' Roman Reigns title reign. They slip through double security and get into the arena itself. So, obviously, the final segment is the Roman Reigns 1000 celebration. Triple H gives him the new title belt. Like I said, for me, I think it's a – I like the title belt. It's different than Seth's title, which is, to me, the most important thing. I don't want them to be basically the same thing the way they were beforehand. So, you can obviously tell the difference. But – Obviously, that's not the story. The story is happens when the Usos arrive. And now you have drama unfolding. Jimmy not backing down. Roman's basically letting him know that he needs to fall in line. Or otherwise, there are going to be consequences and repercussions. Solo Sokoa, having the first swerve on my ass, said he was not going to stand with Roman. He's going to stand with his brothers. The brothers are his blood and caught me for the initial swerve. Right when Jay, I'm sorry, right when Jimmy and Roman are gonna hug it out, Romy gives them a little nod. Solo attacks Jimmy with the Samoan spike, leaves him laying, and that is where SmackDown ends. Jay is definitely on the fence because Roman's basically saying that don't worry about it. Jay will fall in line. We will see here in 24 short hours. But once again, Right when I think the bloodline could slow down, might slow down. Nah, got me again. I'm coming next week to see what the fuck happens. Outside of that, SmackDown was was what it was. Lacey Evans makes her triumphant return and loses to Zarina Faker, But we could talk about that in a second. I'll let you guys talk about the bloodline.
0: To bear, what do you think?
2: Oh, phenomenal segment. Uh, Roman did such a fantastic job in this. And, you know, It's kind of a big celebration, right? It's a thousand days, you know, they're making a big deal out of it, which is understandable. I do like that they're just doing one belt and then he has one belt, Seth has one belt. I think they should do the tag title belt next, like give them a new set, especially because they have to carry around four. Just seems egregious, but um, yeah, it was a really good segment. Uh, Really excellently acted, excellently executed, and uh they do, they're stringing us along and this is a super slow burn and it's still intriguing. I do think it probably peaked with the Sammy stuff, but and he was the catalyst of getting it so hot, but the fact that it is maintaining is excellent and it makes those segments at least must see T V even if the rest of the show is not.
0: Yeah, I gotta admit, uh I usually am a mark, and I, I am I want to get swerved. Uh, when Solo went over with the Usos, I, I never bought it. I was like, this, this ain't right. This ain't right. And then I saw later on that somebody said that his thumb was sticking up the entire time. Like, the Samoa spike was always ready. Like, he was just waiting for Roman to give him the word. Um, so, but, you know, I echo what you guys said. It was a fantastic segment. Um, they, you know. I see people lamenting, like, oh, so now we're going to get another week of, you know, what's Jay's decision? It's like, what do you want, guys? This is weekly television. Like, this is the way they're supposed to do it. This is the way we've always wanted them to do it. Like, yeah, it's gonna. It's a story that's going to be told incrementally. And this is an incremental story that they're trying to do on weekly television, I guess. And I'll tell you what. Apparently, these Uso segments are doing gangbusters, and when they advertise Roman Reigns to be on that week, they are doing ratings. So they're going to string it out as long as they can. We're going to get one iteration of a match at Money in the Bank. We're going to get another iteration at SummerSlam. We're probably going to get another iteration at whatever is after that. Um, Maybe all the way up until... Fucking, I don't know. Maybe Rikishi's gonna have a match with Roman Reigns. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's on the table. He's that
2: stink face.
0: <laughs> Man, Roman taking the stink face. If it was, if this was all headed towards Roman taking the stink face, it would all be worth
1: it. <laughs> that shit's crazy. Uh, you said a Roman taking the stink face. Go on there, mercy. I- I'll say this.
0: They bring back Sky Too Hottie. <laughs>
2: Those, uh, so far as he's got for Keith, they'll uh, really help clean up for crack cracks there.
0: Whoa! whoa. Uh, Sky Too Hottie uh, taking the belt off of Roman Reigns—that's my new call. Sky 2 Hottie is the one who takes the undisputed <laughs> belt off of Roman Give Reigns. Give this
1: man the pencil. say, <laughs> don't, don't encourage this motherfucker. Come on now. Um, at, at some point, we're going to have to have a a title defense from Roman. I'm not sure when, but it's go, It's good if we get to the point where he doesn't defend by, I think it's SummerSlam, that's over 100 days, okay? Even me, who has no problem with him not defending every 30 days, 100 days is it's now starting to get to the point where now you're just going to have to defend the title. Pick somebody out the hat. I don't give a rat's ass who it is at this point. They ain't winning. Pick somebody out the hat and let's just have a title defense.
0: Yeah, just have a tournament and just give somebody just give somebody a chance to be in the ring with them, even if it's a five six minute match. I would rather them err on the side of trying something new and it not being super cool than not doing anything at all. Which is really, I mean, what I, what I think about that Dominion main event uh, more than anything. But I mean, that's Oof. another another. We'll talk about it in a little bit.
1: Um, Money in the Bank, obviously. qualifying matches here uh, on SmackDown. L.A. Night versus Montez Ford was the one that really stuck out. I kind of wish that they wouldn't have had these guys in qualifying matches. I wish they would just had them win in separate matches, meet in Money in the Bank. I think both guys, at least, you can make a case for both guys to have the Money in the Bank going forward montez is the guy that a lot of people including myself think can be the next big superstar if given the chance and la night with a mic in hand and money and in, in the uh, brief money in the bank briefcase and the other just seems like absolute entertainment to me but neither here nor there la night wins i think that's probably the it was still my pick for the guy to, to win money in the bank so a part of me was happy but then The flip side, like I said, seeing Montez Ford taking this L, it just felt like a good spot to at least have him in London, have him on the card and try to just elevate his singles. Um, I guess resume, for lack of a better word, a little bit more. But LA Knight's supposed to be there. The right guy, I'm assuming, went over. We'll see what happens.
2: What do you think, Zach? Zach? Yeah, between those two, I think that's the right thing. It is funny that they put them together because I think both of them would be good in the match. I think it's a good spot for both of them. But, uh, yeah, uh, I agree. LA Knight is pretty hot. He hasn't gotten, like, a huge push. He's kind of just gotten over organically, mostly in losses, (laughs) which is, you know, if somebody's getting over and they're losing, then, you know, maybe just have them start winning some matches. See how that goes.
0: Uh, I still think that Montez Ford is going to be in the match. I think that this we still have what three more Raws before then, or four more weeks of television. Bef- well, maybe maybe just three more weeks of television. It's the end of June, right?
1: believe so yes
0: so or no it might be july 1st anyway
1: no <clears throat> i'm i'm 90 sure it's the saturday the last saturday of the month because forbidden door is the following day
0: i feel like they do this every year though like somebody will get eliminated and then they'll have like a second chance tournament to get in or like a second chance battle royal or something and there's in really like having montez ford lose to la night when montez ford seems to have the 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 people's momentum behind him, at least, uh, to borrow a phrase from Dwayne, uh, that, uh, you know, it gets people talking. People are like, well, what the fuck? Why is not Montez Ford in money in the bank? That's stupid. He's the man and he's a high flyer. He does the best frog splash of all time. Uh, apologies to Eddie Guerrero. Um, but, uh, you know what? I just—I didn't even mention the G one announcement in the opener. What the fuck was I thinking? God damn! See, this no drinking thing is throwing me off. Montez Ford. Um, Montez Ford. So Montez Ford's in the G one. Now wait a minute. What the fuck was I talking about? Uh, anyway, I think Montez—I <laughs> think Montez Ford gets back in the Money in the Bank. Anyway, uh, and I still think. Well, you know what? It doesn't. You know, there's not a lot of baby faces that get the money in the bank briefcase, and probably for good reason because winning it's a very heel thing to do. I think La Knight would be the perfect winner of it, and I I feel like I called it like a really long time ago, but I, that might have been one of you guys. I don't know. I drink. <laughs> I'll remember this one.
1: <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> um, let's got, jump back to the uh, the top of the card cards.
0: Um, what they say about jump shooters? Like you gotta have a short memory, man. <laughs> you got just you gotta shoot. keep shooting.
1: <laughs> Quarterback, same way. You got burnt, get your ass back out there. You gotta do it again. Uh, Brawling brutes <laughs> versus Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly. Um, I don't know if Austin Theory needs a, a faction, but if he does. I don't mind Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory hanging out for the next few weeks at At the bare minimum. It feels like this is going to be a, a short-term feud where you have the Brawling Brutes, Austin Theory, and Pretty Deadly kind of, a, like you said, an air-waving of matches, whether it's singles tag or uh, six-man tag. Ultimately, Pretty Deadly needs to be going over uh, Rich Holland and Butch to get them started on momentum moving forward. Speaking of momentum, moving forward, or in this case, probably going backwards. Um Hit Row versus the OC, probably the low point of the whole night. I don't know what they keep doing with hit. Well, between Hit Row and Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans, number one, Hit Row now, number two. Switching this gimmick, trying to make things work, ain't working for either one of them, and especially when you go out and have both people that you're switching the gimmicks, go out and lose, and then you have Mia Yim mocking uh, the old Hit roll and doing the old swerve uh, pose after the match. Hit Row is done, okay? If there is a, a reason to move anybody to NXT, Hit Row is probably the next ones to go. If you don't want to release them, great. Move them to NXT because you are making them look brutal on the main roster. I was laughing my Ass off watching me and you making fun of them cats. They are done. Okay. No reason. They you cannot reheat hit row. Without swerves, they are nothing. Even Michael
2: Cole just clowns on him. Like, dude, the whole time they're out there. Dude. <laughs> he's been
0: clowning on him ever since
1: what's his face. Top Dallas started talking smack. Well, and then, uh, and uh, the and next then, thing you know, Michael Cole is like, Oh, you oh, you want to talk smack? On the guy that holds the, the mic. And host commentary and can get your ass over.
0: Well when yeah, he man, tried to what was he what did he try to do? A tope suicida and he yeah. oh It's that one God. that you that <laughs> we always
1: see that he bites yeah. it on the way over.
0: That was a real man, that was funny.
1: Okay, good man. I'll say it like
0: this. <laughs> oh, speaking of botches though, I'll tell you what, LA Knights shooting star or uh the backwards flip, whatever you call it, he almost landed he almost broke his own neck. Yeah, it was He under rotated like a motherfucker. motherfucker yeah, I, I, I get it. It did not look
1: good. You're you're in the ring with Montez Ford and I know he I know I've seen Eli Drake slash LA Knight do this move. Man, sometimes you just gotta just let let Montez do Montez and you yeah, just do LA Knight. Yeah,
0: that's exactly <laughs> right, man. It you just sit your dumb sometimes it's just gotta be a clash of styles, you know
1: what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um Grayson Waller uh effect. Uh the guest this week was Asuka. Um I'll 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 go to you on this one, Bill, because I didn't see a lot of the Grace Waller effect on NXT. I'm I'm assuming you you saw more of what I've seen. I've obviously only seen maybe two or three episodes at the most. This doesn't feel something's off. Or am I or is it just me? Am I looking for too much? I
0: think that they're not they're not giving them a whole bunch, but I mean, that's kind of what grabbing the brass rings all about. Like he's supposed to go out there and make something of it. I, I, I get a kick out of him. I thought he was pretty funny Say talking about how much he loves America and all the girls, girls came outside,
1: it, I, you know, right. no, I get that. It just, I don't know. Um, what do you think of it, Zach?
2: I mean, it's a. We've seen that kind of act before, he's putting his own spin on it. But I think it is different whenever you have females out there because he's not necessarily going to like you with the females. He did good whenever he had AJ on there. Uh, I think it's just with those women are just yelling Japanese at each other, there's not much for him to do.
3: Yeah, is there
0: any way? And, you know, maybe there is no way. I would think that they have the technology. Can, Can they put up subtitles? I mean, on other, a live show? I don't know. Like, I mean, everything's scripted anyway. I mean, can they not put up subtitles? It just seems like it almost seems kind of like it's it's not doing the talent any favors to not have subtitles up there because they're just screaming a different language that to an English-speaking audience will either, either A, they won't understand it, or B, um, it'll just seem funny to them because they're, uneducated or just not very uh, not very accepting of other cultures or something like that, right?
1: I, I almost want to say that that was the the way they wanted to go about it. They wanted to make this a funny segment because you just have Asuka and EO screaming Japanese to each other. Well, then it's racist. Right? Uh, a part of me was not exactly thrilled with that. If that's supposed to be
0: funny with two women yelling at each other in Japanese and it's not, and we're not supposed to understand what they're saying and it's just supposed to be funny, then that's like, you know, that's racist. I feel pretty comfortable saying that.
1: I think then... I have no problem with you saying that. I don't disagree with it. As somebody
0: who's been on the wrong end of racism for most of my life, mm. I feel comfortable calling it out when I see it. Two beer was this racist? Yeah. Let's ask the other. Let's ask the other yeah, minority. I
1: mean, the other, yeah, the. Uh... <laughs> As an expert
2: on oppression, uh, delivering it not receiving it. Uh, I'm going to say no. Wow. I don't know. No, the real answer is uh, maybe.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, and wait, what was, oh, did you, Zach, did you hear about the Lacey Evans uh, Twitter drama with Sergeant
2: Slaughter's daughter? Jesus, uh, I heard, but I didn't actually see it. Uh, I just I heard that uh, she like said something, basically like stealing the gimmick or something.
0: Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter's daughter is angry because she says that. Lacey Evans has stolen the gimmick, which I don't know, Sergeant Slaughter's daughter. There's a couple things here. First of all, is wrestling. You know how many fucking nature boys there are? I mean, everybody steals everybody's gimmick. That's the thing. Road warriors would like a word with uh, demolition. demolition. Uh, the other thing is, Lacey was actually military. You knew who wasn't actually military? Uh-oh. Sergeant Slaughter. Uh oh. He was a fucking G.I. Stolen jo- valor. Stolen Valor motherfucker. He was a G.I. Joe character, for <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> who, by the way, sided with Iraq during Desert Storm. So, I mean, <laughs> there's that. Anyway,
2: <laughs> uh, incidentally, R.I.P. Iron Cheek. R.I.P. Oh R. Yeah. yeah,
0: man, I really dropped the ball on this week's intro. Yeah, you know what? I'll fix it in post. Yeah, R.I.P.
2: Intro, Bubba.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Well done. Nice. Well done. <laughs> um, I don't think I missed anything. Bianca attacked uh, Oscar. After uh, the Grace of Waller Effect, I don't think I missed anything. I'm looking at my notes on my phone. I think I covered it SmackDown-wise. Um, Raw was kind of interesting. I, I, I thought it was a pretty good show, all bullshit aside. Seth and uh, Finn and Damian Priest opened the show. I like the nice little one-liner from uh, Seth saying that, oh, I'm sorry, Damian was basically like, you know, your title reign is going to be short here in a little bit. And I was shaking my head. I was like, man, they just setting this dude to be dunked on by Seth. And he was like, you know, basically, you know, my title reign has already been longer than Finn Bowers. I was like, ah, Jesus. See, that's not even fair. You just – that would be like me going outside in front of Bill's house right now getting a basketball and dunking on that, you know, basketball goal out front. That ain't even regulation. That's not even fair. I know. I was. I looked. At, I was walking in. I was like, "Man, I could dunk. I could do some Shaq shit on this motherfucker." <laughs> was, there say, "No way. I'm supposed to be over here looking at this phone like this."
0: I jumped up and touched it when I walked in. I couldn't help it.
1: <laughs> right. I
0: had to make sure.
1: Right. He was, I say, I'm sitting there looking at it like it's like Wesley Snipes and uh, Woody Harrelson and White Man Can Jump. <laughs> Billy always like. Is this shit regulation? <laughs> this shit ain't regulation. <laughs> One of my favorite fucking movies. Haven't seen the remake, but it is on my list of things to go watch. Um, Becky versus uh, Sonya Deville in a Money in the Bank uh, qualifying match. Obviously, Becky wins with, uh, Jesus Christ, Zoe Stark and Trish at ringside, at, at the ramp. Obviously, we're going to see these two, Becky and Zoe Stark, here in Money in the Bank because obviously, Zoe Stark won her um, Money in the Bank qualifying match over Natalia in fairly dominating fashion. You had in this year beating the dog shit out of Cedric and Sheldon Benjamin like they stole some money from them. Um to the... Uh, Actually, yeah, two things on Raw I'll touch base on, and then I'll let you guys take it from there. You had KO versus Gunther, Uh, backstage segment where, once again, KO is not even going to wait and even see if there's going to be a match. He demands a match right away. Gunther steps to the plate. I thought this was – One of the two best matches of the night, this and the main event. I'll let you step on this one, uh, Three Beer. You can talk about Gunther, KO, or anything else I threw out there beforehand.
2: Oh, yeah, Gunther, KO, awesome. Uh, The finish sucked, but I didn't expect there to be a clean finish to this match anyway, just because it's WWE. Uh, But, man, uh, what a fantastic match. They're backstage. And Kevin just starts walking to the ring. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to do this, like, on Raw. And uh, they did it. And they gave us a a good match. So I guess I can't complain too much. Uh, I I enjoyed all of
0: it. It was like a perfectly constructive match, too.
2: Like, it had me, I mean, it had
0: me going by the end of it. What was it, like, 18 minutes? Uh, I think it was just under 18. So we know Gunther wins all the time. When's the last time he had, when's the last time he needed assistance, heel assistance to win. I mean, it's been a long time since he won not clean. I mean, he obviously hasn't lost in a long time. Anyway, go ahead, Zach. Sorry.
2: No, that's really all I had to say.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Obviously KO's my dude. Gunther's my dude. Uh, Gunther seems to be everybody's dude right now, but with good reason. He's the fucking man. So I hope they revisit this sometime. Maybe for the big belt uh, would be fun. But uh, yeah, loved it
1: now uh, you kind of stole my thunder i think they they planted seeds now how long it's going how long Seth's run is going to be are they going to be on the same show if and when gunther becomes world heavyweight champion time will tell but i think they they at least planted the seeds for something down the line uh riddle attacks imperium backstage or i shouldn't say attacks him but it was provoked to attack imperium backstage neither here nor there Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler versus uh, Casey Kennazzaro and Caden Carter. Th- 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 is that right?
0: Caden Carter, Casey Kennazzaro. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, She's got a different name now. Yeah, I know. That, I just, that's I, her. I, I,
1: yeah, I was going to say. Katana I'm even, Chance. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say I couldn't think of her, the name that she has uh, currently going on. Um, obviously, uh, I wouldn't say this is a squash match, but. Definitely a a match where the tag team champions retained. I'm not sure where this is going with Ronda and Shayna. I guess you gotta get something out of Ronda Rousey. You know, you paying all this money, you might as well get something from it. Um, Shinsuke, Ricochet, and, and I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: I'll say this about Ronda Rousey: she seems a lot more comfortable now that she's not presented as the shit and as a special attraction. And maybe that's really all. Maybe that's really all she needed because. Once the honeymoon was over with her, the backlash came swiftly. And backlash came swift. And now that she is in a tag team with Shayna Baszler, who always seemed very comfortable in her own skin and in her role, Ronda Rousey also seems very comfortable. So
2: maybe... Yeah, it's probably nice to just, like, go to work and not be the 100% center of attention. Because I just imagine, like, her whole UFC run and you know her judo before that she's just like the star right of right. like the division and uh yeah just be able to go to work kind of like you know if you ever like uh managed a place uh or like stepped away from a place for a while but then like you would go back and like you do like a shift or whatever everything's fine like th- anything that happens that night is fine because you're just like i'm just here to get some money and then i'm leaving
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I was like, you're not know, really stoked about it. Oh,
2: yeah, oh, I know exactly what it's like.
1: Okay, well, here's yeah, that that is a pretty good fucking feeling. Just you know, here's my checkout. I'm I'm going ahead and dip. Um, here's my question with this.
0: Like, I don't care what disher is fucking what server. Nope. You know,
1: <laughs> I have made my loot. I shall bid you all adieu. Have fun, children. <laughs> I'm gonna be at the bar with fucked
0: your up. Herpes and your bad decisions.
1: did Ronda Rousey think that she was not going to be the center of attention when she first came to WWE? I think she probably did. No,
2: I'm just saying that it's just a lot of pressure, and whenever you go and you don't have the pressure, you probably just enjoy yourself more.
0: So, Well, the thing is, in UFC and judo, in actual competition, winning solves everything. So it doesn't matter because she was the best at everything. She came somewhere where she was still treated like she was the best, and she clearly wasn't. It's got to be kind of
1: weird. So we're going to use Rhonda and Shayna to get the tag titles over?
0: We're going to use the tag titles just so we get something out of everything that we paid Rhonda because we probably overpaid for what we're getting. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you what, it seems more legit with them two holding those belts than it did with uh, Rachel Rodriguez and whoever she had it with.
1: You're not going to get an argument from me on that at all. Zero. For me, the way both women were presented in two different fashions, obviously Shayna in NXT and Ronda on the main roster, to see them here, it's just a little weird. All right, what was next? Shinsuke and Ricochet, well, actually it started with Ricochet and Bronson Reed beefing backstage. Bronson Reed still a little upset for not making the money in the bank. Shinsuke comes back in to kind of help Ricochet verbally attack Bronson Reed. They basically run him off. Shinsuke reminding Bronson Reed that he was the one to beat him to qualify for the money in the bank. Comes out with a Shinsuke and Ricochet match. This is where my antenna went up. Like everyone, uh, I should have been everybody else's. You usually don't have two baby faces facing each other unless something's getting ready to happen. And of course, Bronson Reed attacks both men, leading into a no contest. If you're going to have a last chance, last spot for Money in the Bank, you've kind of set that up now with Bronson Reed. You do have Montez Ford and other guys will be losers as well going forward. I don't necessarily think you need it. I just think if you just book you you know who needs to be in this match ultimately. I don't it's nice drama to have if you want to have it. But the usual suspects should still be in play for money in the bank and other treasures like this for Mick carters to reach their uh, proverbial brass ring, if you will.
0: Okay. Yeah, I really don't have much to say about this one.
1: <laughs> Zach? <laughs>
2: all those dudes sound great for money in the bank. Bronson Reed, yep. Ricochet, Shinsuke, uh, L.A. Knight, Montez Ford. I mean, there's five guys right there.
1: Yep. I mean, all three should be in. Segment of the night, uh, I thought, was Ms. TV with Cody Rhodes. Uh, didn't have high expectations when I heard it was Cody on Miss TV. I just, you know, Miss TV can be hit or miss. There's sometimes really funny ones. There's sometimes really bad ones. And this one, to me, I thought was really, really good just because you had one Dominic Mysterio come down and once again be the arguably the biggest heat magnet in WWE. I don't care who it is at this point. He can't get the microphone anywhere near his mouth without fans going absolute ape shit. Rhea, Miz playing into the whole, you know, hey, shut up, let him talk, only just made it even worse. I love Cody's lines about, you know, <coughs> what is it, uh, I know Ray's made mistakes in the past. You know, I love... Ray, you know, I'm looking at one of the mistakes right now. And right then, I was kind of like, are we, are we hitting at Cody versus Dom? Oh, the- yeah, we're getting it. Okay, so I'm not going to take credit for this, but somebody said this to me, and I was like, oh, this sounds absolutely magnificent. At Money in the Bank, Cody versus Dom, straight match. Brock interferes to get Dom go over, so that sets up their third match at SummerSlam, and Dom goes away with bragging rights over Cody.
2: What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, that sounds fun. Uh, I mean, that match is going to have so much heat because Cody is the hottest baby face, and Dom is the hottest heel. Like, it just makes sense to put them together. It's your main event.
1: Money in the bank?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: oh,
3: <damn>. <laughs> <laughs> You're Maybe you
1: should to open
2: them. the show.
0: I mean, oh, one that, or the other. As a curtain jerker, it does sound pretty good. Uh, here's why I don't think that Brock thing will happen. And I think it's just logistical. I don't think he's flying to England. No, it's going to be in London. I mean, <laughs> if it was in if
1: it was in St. Paul, Minnesota, like, yeah, Brock's showing up. Yeah, no shit. I say I'll fly my, my private jet to uh, St. Paul, but not to uh, to London. No, it was it just he threw it uh, threw it out there to me, and I was just kind of like, eh, you know. I think you're going to get the third match anyway. I think now with that scenario he threw at me. Um, I was just like, well, shit, you know, this, I love the idea. So that, you know, I had to throw it out to hear to you guys talked about Zoe and Natty talked about in the sheer being down uh, Shelton and Cedric main events, um, Seth versus Damian priest. Um, I got to give Damian priest credit, you know, as much as we made fun of him for, you know, his ROH gimmick as punishment Martinez, he's been built up to where, Leading up to this match and during this match, you you felt like it, it, there was a small possibility. It wasn't going to happen, but they at least built him up to where by the time this match came up to play, it wasn't like, oh, Seth's getting ready to crush this guy. You at least felt like, Damian Priest was a legitimate threat. That's all I could ask for yeah, I match. think
0: that I think they've made him seem like a almost credible main eventer. I never really had a problem with him in Ring of Honor. I just thought Punishment Martinez was a stupid name. I thought this match was really fun, and they are teasing stuff between Finn and Damian, and I think maybe when Damian Priest had that match with Bad Bunny and it was so well-received and so much fun, it's almost like that was like a test run. It's like, can this guy... Be a main eventer and looks like maybe he can be. What do you think, Zach?
2: He came into NXT with the gimmick of being really good at the bow and arrow. Is that true? <laughs>
0: the,
3: Arthur, the archer, archer of infamy? Oh, I was going to say that,
0: Lance Archer.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, um, he's, uh, he's, and now, like, yeah, he's like a trusted dude. He's like, not a top guy, but he's like top of the mid card. Um And he's like Getting into those like top spots Uh, Yeah I mean he, he's solid um, Yeah I was kind disapp- of oh, Sorry I was kind of disappointed when they
0: teased Some tension between him and Finn Because I kind of feel like They still got a lot of juice left in them as a team As oh, a foursome
2: I would say that whole they have the best You know kind of fact The best act outside of the bloodline In the whole company so I think they should They should not break that up
0: I don't think so either I think in I I think Finn beating Seth, and Finn and Rhea both walking around with the big belt sounds pretty cool. I,
1: but I think in kayfabe style, style, I think that's isn't that shouldn't that be realistic for heels? I mean, they both guys want to be the guy, so there should be tension. Sure, I mean
0: it's just not the way it usually works.
1: I'm not disagreeing with you. On also,
0: that. punishment Martinez or Damian Priest, he is like changing like the fly before our eyes except he's wearing more and more women's clothing and more and more makeup. Dude, he was out there in a fucking garter with full eye makeup. (laughs)
3: Like That's not
0: even a joke. What the fuck was he wearing? It was so heelish. Oh, I loved it. It was like a pink corset. (laughs) He was wearing a fucking corset. I said garter. I meant corset. Oh. I mean, no, I mean, even more than Velveteen Dream. He makes... <laughs> no, do do nah, the other night, what he was wearing made fucking Velveteen Dream look like John Rambo. <laughs> you ain't
1: shit!
0: I thought it was cool. Good for him, man. Do your
1: damn thing.
2: Uh, anything you know, else it's even it's even more impressive. He probably lives in Florida.
1: Yeah, he I pretty. think he does. I mean, I NXT still in Florida too. Yeah, that would I would be oh, f- yeah. totally stunned if he really lived in Florida. Um
0: Anything else about WWE main event?
1: Uh no, just um obviously Finn uh, well, we kind of like segue a little bit just splinter off Obviously, you talked about it at the opening. Braun Breaker has apparently called out Seth Rollins for a title match in NXT. I'm assuming somewhere down the line. I think he has business with Finn first, but it did catch my attention. I watched it live, and my knee-jerk reaction was, oh, oh, really? Let's do this shit. Sorry, Finn. You're going to have to take a step back. We got something fresh here. Am I the only one excited about this?
2: Zach. Excited about uh Martinez and or sorry, uh Rollins and Martinez. Or Rollins Frank and Carice, Breaker. Ron Breaker called out sorry, Seth Rollins. Oh yeah. Sorry. I have kids in my house and I was a little distracted there. Um yeah, uh that is very fresh and very exciting. And there was also um Breaker and Dragonoff looks like that's going to happen with something. A super fun fresh match. So, well, next
0: week uh, is next week is Dragonoff Baron Corbin.
2: No,
1: give a shit. Oh, oh I'll, come I'll, on! I would be lying if I said I was not at least curious because this is rubber meets road for Baron Corbin. I tell you what, if you're going to build him up for Carmel Hayes. You're beat you're gonna have him beat dragging who just I mean he he goes toe to toe with Walter with Walter Gunther whatever you want to call him
0: listen baron Corbin is a good wrestler and a good promo the promo that he cut at the beginning of nXt I didn't see it. I mean, they, he just went out there. He opened up NXT. He went out there, and he healed off on the locker room, and this was the house that he built that he he was there. He was a foundation of FCW, and then FCW turned into NXT, and he's like, now I walk in here. He's like, these guys don't even come up and shake my hand, and he just kind of promoted the entire locker room, and then Dragunov came out, and then they kind of went
2: toe-to-toe in the middle of the ring. It was cool. It was cool. I do... I do like Baron Corbin. That does a good promo. He even had a shit match with Trick Looking, <laughs> but uh, he he can be good. Um, I'm not a Baron Corbin hater. It's just um, I don't know if those are the styles that I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be good.
0: Uh, anything else about WWE?
1: I think I covered it.
0: Uh, okay, let's get to that. Two counts.
2: One. Yeah, we had we'll talked about E-Dub, and for once we're actually going to talk Rampage because they did a little thing called Championship Friday, which, you know, AW will often just tack um, kind of surnames onto their, their shows to make them seem more important. But this one was um, four championship matches. And I don't think it was better than any of the Battle of the Belts that I've seen, <laughs> maybe ever.
1: I, was, I swear to God I was going to say that. You totally stole my thunder. This is better than any of them, easily,
3: hands yeah.
2: down. I was like, there's been like six of them, and I can't think of a better one. Mm. Um, and the opening match, I mean, just like whenever you say these three, Name, you're just like, oh man, like, can you, you imagine what the match is going to be, and it's better than that. Uh, but it was, uh, El Hio del Vikingo, Drillistico, and Commander. And my daughter was getting ready for school whenever I had this match on, and like, she's just like riveted because these guys are just flipping and flying all over the place. Uh, even my wife was watching, uh, and paying attention, like, begrudgingly, like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, even though she just hates wrestling, so um but she hates like a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, this was awesome. It was for the the triple A title and uh McKengo retained, which is not a huge surprise. He's had that cult for a good long while and they're probably not gonna change it on an AEW show, but uh man, these guys just delivered.
1: Five thirty seven I think is now the number of consecutive days that Vikingo has held the AAA triple A Mega Championship. Um, this was just a high reel of shit. That's uh, point,
2: point five three RU's, which is a Roman unit.
1: True story, true story. I was about to say you, you keep that up, Vikingo. You'll get there someday. Um It's it's Commander walking the ropes like that makes no sense. You had Vikingo using the middle rope to do a lot of uh, these. 6.30. Even before that, he used the middle rope on uh, a spot, and I can't remember what it was. It was just...
2: You he did, does you the th- Phoenix splash.
1: Thank you. He did that on the somebody. I'm just like, what the fuck? You're not some... a you You shouldn't be able to use the middle rope and get that much height, especially on the 6.30 coming onto the, uh, the table. That is razor razor thin if he doesn't make it he could easily hit his head on the side of the ring maybe over rotate hit the fucking um, the floor and not even hit anybody i mean the fact that he does that weekly blows my fucking mind this is one this is the reason why i even wanted to watch this show and it delivered i thought it would be the main event it didn't matter it was going to say Curtin Jerker works just as well. From that point, you got my attention. But, yeah, all three guys can go. Um, it's probably the the one that most people don't know, but neither here nor there. It was a good way to introduce all three.
0: I love JR announcing these matches. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because, like, he watches it with the wonder of, like, showing a viking porn hub on your iphone like they,
3: they, he's <laughs> just like
0: oh my god <laughs> he just can't believe what he's seeing he's just completely <laughs> blown away by it it's like he's never even considered that these things can happen
1: god bless jr
0: i get a big kick out, i get a big kick out of jr doing that uh that's a great analogy so um what else was on this rampage
2: uh zack haber jr beat and andretti in a really good match with, uh, you know, this is Zach Saber Jr.'s uh, shtick now, the 15 minute TV title matches, and uh, it's cool to see him on AEW TV. Uh, Action Andretti, you know, gave him a nice run for his money. He's a good technical wrestler. He's really clean and crisp, especially for his uh, experience level, but uh, this is definitely enjoyable, and uh, just running through it real quick. Willow Nightingale, uh, Emmy Sakura, and then Kathy Oshibata um, and Lee Moriarty. So that was for the New Japan Strong Women's, and then also for the um, ROH uh, Pure Title. So uh, they were just all really solid uh, championship matches. Um,
0: they were all uh, Go out
2: of your way to watch Rampage. Can't yeah. believe I'm saying it.
0: three belts or three promotions, four belts. I mean, it was a fun little show, man.
1: Shocking what you can do when you actually put your mind into it and put a decent show together
0: it's also shocking what you can do when you have 30 belts amongst your roster
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa 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 whoa,
1: whoa, i'm just saying. as the new japan fan in the room one of those belongs to us well
0: that's the thing when zach said that it's better than any of the battle of the belts it's like yeah man zach saber fucking jr was on it. i'm sorry it's like,
1: two of the belts belong to us thank you but for it's
0: like me. man it's like it's it was pretty awesome. I did not know that he was on it until I turned it on today, and I was like, holy shit. He was wrestling Jeff Cobb last week, and now he's re- wrestling Action Andretti. I mean, it's a big drop-off in LBs. The guy, can do <laughs> every- the guy can do everything. Can't wait to talk about the Zack saber Dominion match. Cannot wait to talk about it. But, uh,
2: okay, what was uh, next? They're uh, just a... Throw that out there. This was uh, reportedly Brian Danielson's idea. He's been doing a lot of creative with Tony Khan, so this uh, Championship Friday was uh, was, his, uh, was his doing. So props to Mister Danielson. Yeah, the boy. And
1: prop, No, props for uh, Tony Khan for actually listening to somebody that's not named Tony Khan. If that's the case,
2: or Chris Jericho. Or
1: Chris
2: Jericho. <laughs> um, so we had Dynamite. Jericho uh, taking uh, shrapnel.
3: Up. Nobody <laughs> was talking about Jericho right. until now.
2: He'll just uh he'll just dry his eyes with crisp hundred dollar bills, it'll be fine. Yep. Um so uh Dynamite opened with an awesome match, which unsurprising, uh just based on their interaction in the Battle Royal, uh led up to this. But Orange Cassidy defended against Thor Strickland and Holy shit, if these guys just do not mesh perfectly, stylistically, chemistry-wise, they just really put it out there. Um, Orange Cassidy, every single match that he does is great, and he is underrated when it comes to spelling. Uh, just like the subtlety of his gimmick, I think, is also underrated just because he is hugely popular I don't I don't think he even gets as much credit as he actually should but he does so much selling uh, and week to week you know with these injuries that he's accumulating throughout this amazing title run where he defends the title against all comers every single week I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, web videos like Scott Sterling where he's just like weekend at Bernie's and like wins like the the volleyball championship is basically just by getting hit in the face with the ball repeatedly and it goes over to the other side. <laughs> um, uh, he's, he's like that. He just completely gets destroyed every single week. But he's such a phenomenal wrestler and he manages to eke it out. And that was the story here. I genuinely thought there were so many near falls here, and so I went back and forth so many times. Going into this, I thought maybe they would change the title, and they had me convinced so many times that was going to happen. Um, yep. But he ends up squeaking it out again and uh, does, does the roll-up, uh, pulls the tights after Swerve it already pulled the tights, pulls the tights, sells the hand, uh, like shakes it off, and like uh, sells the hand during the finish. Oh, so good. Love this match.
0: Jason.
1: I would say that when you get me emotionally invested, and then at the finish, I, my knee jerk reaction was like, "Man, fuck! You got me." I want. I thought Swerve was going to win. I was waiting for Swerve to win, and then. Orange Cassidy pulls the fuckery and like two beers or three beers said when he had to pull his hand away, that was the cherry on top because then I was like, oh, he's pulled his hand away. Swords going to reverse it and he counted three. I'm just like, man, fuck. That's when I was like, okay, you jokers just got me. I knew this match was going to be good, but this match superseded all my expectations because the story they told in the ring. Uh,
0: I have five things to say. The first one being, I bought every single near fall. I agree with everything you said. I expected Swerve to win. I was waiting for him to win. Uh, Second one being, to piggyback off of Zach's uh, compliment about Orange Cassidy selling so well. I mean, he's got to be making his way up the rankings of when we talk about Wrestler of the Year at next year's Beefers. I mean, he wrestles every week. And he has great matches every week against a super wide variety of opponents. This was one of my favorite. But, like, every single week, it used to be on Rampage, but now it's on Dynamite. Right. It seems like three out of every four weeks, the first thing you hear is Jane by Steph- Jefferson Starship. <laughs> and it, it's like, okay, set for one fall. And then he they give him the first quarter block of the show, and it's fucking awesome every time. Uh, the th- Fourth one being I I hope that this is a feud that they stay with for a while now. Like him taking all comers is cool and everything, but I mean I want to see a feud between Orange Cassidy and Swerve. Uh the fifth one being Swerve fucking rules too, man. I, I thought that match was incredible. It was really good. And uh I guess those I guess that guy with the face tattoo didn't stick around very long, huh? I think they're hurt. Um, together? Yeah. They got
3: hurt together? I don't, dude, I
1: don't know. Don't, don't. Did don't they bang know.
0: heads reaching for the same turkey leg in the bottom of the refrigerator? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm hit. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I, I would be lying if I said otherwise. You're the journalist on this this uh, pod, so I'll, I'll defer to you on this one. streets is quiet. couldn't hold a job. <laughs> What'd you say Three beer.
2: I said face tattoo couldn't hold a job. Big surprise. Yeah, yeah no shit. <laughs> All right, what was next? I sound like a boomer. All right.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> last,
1: last guy you know that had a face tattoo that held a job, to me, Mike Tyson. Yeah, I don't know that many. Um, uh,
0: I was trying to think. Bose dude, Post Malone.
2: Oh, yeah. Actually,
0: like... He, Bo really hates he's, Post Malone.
2: I was just going to say, Post Malone is like a salt-of-the-earth kind of dude. Um, uh, Zach's a fan. I've seen, I've seen so many wholesome interactions be- between Post Malone and just people in general. Like, uh, even when he's just zooted out of his fucking mind on whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> yeah. he's like a, he seems like a nice dude. I got no, uh,
0: I got no problem with him.
2: him and uh, so...
3: <laughs> we
2: have uh, Brian Danielson uh, goes to commentary. Uh, spoiler alert for the three count. He's going to be uh, facing Kazuchika Okada at the uh, not at the Mini no, Forbidden Door. Which oh um, shit
1: oh, god.
2: Might, oh oh it might just be <laughs> the best match we've ever
1: seen. Oh my god, <laughs> watching that shit live I think, was I think, like oh I think
0: I think everybody like listen. I'm as I'm as excited as everybody. We need to slow our roll here. What you mean slow our roll? I mean it's the match that I'm looking forward to the most, of course. Of course, Brian Okada is a dream, like the dream match. You, you uh, bet
1: not. Say no. Then just stop.
0: I just don't want. To, I don't want to build myself up so much for it that I'm disappointed in it.
1: The only way you're going to be disappointed is one of them don't show. That's it.
0: I'm just listen. I like if I got a vacation coming up in a month. I don't start getting excited right now. I started getting excited the night before. Shit. I'm gonna watch the first ten minutes of the match. Then I'll decide if I want to watch the rest of it.
2: I start getting excited for my next vacation the day that I end on, my previous vacation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no man, I'm scared of disappointment. I'm just scared of like getting there and then like some something shitty happening. It's like, ah, uh, like like COVID or some shit. Like, remember when people had, like, vacations planned and then they had to cancel? Like, they're like, oh, I was supposed to go to fucking Croatia for two weeks. And it's like, nope, sorry.
1: Oh, I know. Cro- COVID fucked my shit up, too. Let's yeah. not get it twisted. That being said, I am not going to let that fear, and this is coming from the pessimists in the room. I'm not going mean, to let that. Apparently not. I'm not going to let that downplay what arguably could be match of the year. And this is where a year when you had Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega do it once and they're going to do it again. Spoiler
0: alert. Here's the problem, and Zach, tell me if you agree with me or not. With an attitude like that going in, nothing short of match of the year candidate will do. I'm not saying they're not going to have a match of the year. I fully trust both those guys.
1: Let him him answer the question. Go ahead.
0: But it's just so much pressure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would not want to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. This is what it's all about. I,
2: I totally get where you're coming from because just imagine, for instance, like if there were to be an Okada Omega 5. Just the pressure involved, like it's never going to live up to any of the other ones, right? Just because of the peak, and um, you don't necessarily want to, um, yeah, just set too high, too high of a bar in your head, unrealistic expectations.
3: Right. I get it. That's, uh, you, that's but why. That's why you know don't make Kingdom
0: right. of the Crystal Skulls. You know what I mean?
2: Because it fucks with the
0: rest so- of them.
2: I'm still going to see number five.
3: In yeah, the of course. I am too.
0: It's in the. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, okay. But these guys so have never faced. They're on each other's bucket list of guys to face. We're making it happen on neutral ground. I mean, neutral ground. Yeah, it's Toronto.
0: Okay.
2: Toronto is a neutral
0: territory.
1: Like mm. Switzerland. I mean, I don't look. You can downplay this shit all you want to, motherfucker. That shit is hype. I'm hype for it. Every time I see that graphic, bro. it just makes me like, uh, bro. I'm hype. No, no, you ain't hype. You, you kind of, I'm, I'm hype. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's put the toe in the water. Let's see how it feels, bro. Man, dive I in, am, motherfucker, bro.
0: I am hype. You know that part in the? <laughs> you know that part. Have you ever seen I Out know. of Sight, Zach? With Don, no. with George Clooney, and Don Cheadle's like the thug, and Steve Zahn's the nerd, and he's in the back. And John Cheadle, John Don Cheadle says something about his whip, and Steve Zahn's like, "But this is our whip," because he <laughs> thinks he's talking about the job, but he, like he doesn't know that the whip's a car. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, I'm hype.
1: Go ahead, Tuneer. I think Bill's
2: just a tip, but we're balls deep already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going in, dog. I'm sorry. (laughs) Call me what you wanted. This is the only chance we're going to get this chance? Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: And we have that, and then we have Omega Osprey. So, like, just those two matches, they could not put another match on the show, and I would give them $100. Oh,
0: yeah. For sure. Quickly. Yes. Um,
1: Yeah. I would pay uh, for this one. <laughs> you, you earned my money. I won't illegally stream this shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, uh, but I he might. was on
1: commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I Depends do. on how good the stream is. Um,
2: the uh, Blackpool Combat Club faced uh, chaos, and uh, this was a super fun match. And of course, Blackpool Combat Club went over. Uh, Wheeler, you beat Chuck Taylor like he thought he had his lunch money. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, Danielson on commentary. Uh, Totally fun. Um, I don't know, just a party match. Yeah, I mean, uh, hung, hung Bucks backstage, which I'm just thrilled about the reunion, mostly so that I can say Hung Bucks again. <laughs> uh, but uh, talking about being back where Dynamite began in Washington, D.C., and uh, issued a challenge to the Blackpool Combat Club. So that's something that we get to see on free TV next week. Pretty
1: great. I want to take one step yeah. back um to be uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Where were you to on this podcast? Gets all kinds of shit. He is the little brother of Blackpool Combat <laughs> Club, and I get it. He's that dude. He's forging combat, but nobody takes his ass seriously. He he pinned Kenny Omega. We gotta give him credit for this. and Now he's got a second win. I'm not saying that he's gonna be running off and of, you know usurping everybody and taking over the Blackpool Combat Club. He's not. Brian Danielson runs him down on, even on commentary. But they're make, they're making a star slowly. Yeah, that was my point. Yeah,
0: no, I completely agree And real I mean come on I'm just busting oh yeah chops. for sure yeah. I like watching him wrestle. I'm <laughs> for just,
1: sure I'm just busting his chops you, right now you can't take him too too seriously because ultimately he's still little brother in a faction where you have Moxley well, Cardio, and Brian I'm telling you man
0: it's more the way he talks than anything else it's just it's just like he shouldn't cut he shouldn't stand next to Moxley and talk <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, he, he feels like the hype man when he's standing next to
1: Moxley I'm just like dude just just settle down man just Chill out. We're going to get to a match in a second. Just sit there and look mean for 30 seconds. But no, nah, I just wanted to give a little, uh, little love to uh, our little brother, Wheeler Uter, on the podcast. Bill makes fun of you, but ultimately, we all know you can go. So that's
0: what's most important. Wheeler. Wheeler. Uh oh. I
2: appreciate you.
3: Oh, you little punk. <laughs> <laughs> I do.
2: I think you're great. The reason the pure title was such a good fit for him is because he looks like a virgin.
3: (laughs) Well, that's really good. That's
0: really good.
3: (laughs)
2: Uh, All right. So uh, we had MJF uh, coming out. He did his uh, little shtick, uh, running down the fans for a bit. But uh, then uh, Adam Cole's music hits, and we get a little face-off, and... Mm -hmm. These talking segments that are kind of long back and forth can be hit or miss, but this was an absolute hit. Um, MJF uh, talked about uh, kind of stopped being a fan um, just in general, like once CM, CM Punk left wrestling. Then he found Ring of Honor, which he thought sucked, but Adam Cole's work was good. Um, talked about uh, him going down to Florida, shocking the system. As, Shawn Michaels handpicked guy, which is undisputed. Um and then talking about MJF following in his footsteps and uh, you know, pretty much just kind of from there started running him down. So I built him up so that you he could run him down and build himself up, which was uh which was really good. Um, you know, basically called uh Adam Cole a uh, video gamer and saying that uh he leaves their Britt leaves the house with his balls in her purse and uh, Cole comes back with some great um, one-liners basically said that they should uh, go backstage and piss in cups and take tests to see who's natural and who's not Um, called him like an internet troll Uh, you know talk about his fiance leaving him Uh, you know pretty much uh, just great back and forth stuff I don't want to go through like the entire thing but um, one thing I did notice during this back and forth that was excellent that did not take away the enjoyment that did make me chuckle is that Adam Cohen and Jeff is like the exact same height. So I just wonder what Bill has to say about that.
0: Uh, it's funny. You should ask me because I was just about to say for all you people out there, there's a few on this podcast that teased me about um, that I, I really just need a big guy and that I was being too hard on the four pillars because I felt like they were the JV team and they're all skinny and I called them the Lollipop Guild, which I did. Um, but I did not have any of those feelings with Adam Cole in the ring with MJF. And the reason being is because Adam Cole is in the big leagues. Adam Cole is varsity. Adam Cole has shown that he can be a top heel or a top baby face on a show in a faction, that he can hold a belt and have tremendous matches, maybe my favorite match of the last five years with Johnny Gargano at NXT. I didn't feel any of that stuff that I felt with the four pillars in there because Adam Cole is not only on MJF's level, he is above MJF. And it's been a while since MJF was in a ring with a guy that acted cooler than he did. And Adam Cole acted cool as fuck that entire time. I thought MJF's insults were, you know, the the shoot stuff, the work shoot stuff. It's like, God, there's just so much of it with him. It was a fun segment, don't get me wrong, and I popped a few times. But, um, yeah, I know they're the same height. In fact, I would have thought that Adam Cole was a little shorter. But he's bigger stature. And this podcast, podcast. Damn it! I fucked it up. Yeah, you were right. right there. You were right there. Oh. It, was, it
1: was Like, oh shit! I'll fix it in post. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'll fix it in post. <laughs> I'm gonna rebound this shit. I got a rebound and two points. Fuck you. So, so
0: this match is next week too. <laughs> so, so this match is next week also. Which, I think Adam guy. I, I think Adam Cole would be the perfect guy to take MJF take the belt off MJF. In this moment, I just don't know if they're going to do it on free TV. Jason?
1: Okay, first and foremost, it's an eliminator match, so it's basically a, a number one contenders match. It's not for the title, and I think that's kind of what my initial point is when I saw Adam Cole come out. Initially, yeah, it it feels great, but... It's an
0: eliminator match against each other, right? Yes. Not like a number one Okay, all right.
1: Basically, if you win, you get the title match it when i saw adam cole come down I'm like yeah okay this is one of the matches that we need to see at some point at the title it thought it would be the other way with adam cole being the champion neither here nor there but i think that was kind of my prob- my problem coming into this is that adam cole should be there but it it didn't feel like he's been built up to get to this point it felt like you beat chris jericho MJF beat these four guys neither one has anything really to do let's put them together the fact that they had the eliminate this eliminator match next week almost feels like it reinforces my initial thought it feels like this should happen but Adam Cole as bigger in stature that he is than MJF hasn't been built up enough hasn't been healthy enough whatever it you want to call it He hasn't gotten built to that point Where now it felt natural
2: To beer Yeah I think It's an excellent opportunity For MJF to lose Because he doesn't do it that much And uh, I think that this Should be the program That made events Wembley Unless you want to bring Unless you want to have Punk MJF I think this should be it Wow Um,
1: Can they wait that long?
2: I think if you have Cole win and then get screwed out of the next title match and then they do a rubber match for the title. You know, you have like a a three-match program. Uh, But only one match for the title. Uh, Well, no. Cole is the eliminator but then loses – the actual title match because of shenanigans, but then is able to, like DQ or something. You know, yeah, get to get another match. Not even DQ, but just like MJF beats him like with the dynamite diamond ring or something. But he's able to get a rematch out of it. Um, yeah. So I don't know what they'll do with Forbidden Door. Like, you know, what did they do last year with the champion?
1: It was the uh, the Fatal Four Way where Adam Cole got hurt.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, unless you're going to do punk, I think this, this is kind of the hottest thing you got. You don't think that –
0: see, I think when
1: – when is Wembley? I think it's August 27th, if my memory serves me correctly.
0: I think that's Omega Osprey 3. That's what I think headlines oh yeah I mean,
1: no but we're just saying i don't think it'll headline it so i, I think it'll be no we're just trying to figure the, out uh, okay yeah what where is what MJ the belt F- is okay where yeah. does the AEW title fit in these next few pay-per-views you got coming up
0: never mind okay i got you i'm with you
1: that's what i'm saying for me let's say they do let's say that for sake of argument Adam Cole, Bebe, wins the elimination, eliminator match, loses at Forbidden Door, and then the next pay-per-view is Wembley. So, Forbidden Door is at the end of the month. Wembley's at the end of August. That's two months. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that they can't. Stretch this out for two months But you're going to have to do a lot of hoop jumping And that's going to probably have Adam Cole Jumping through this hoop, that hoop, that hoop, that hoop In this scenario if you play it like that
0: Right on Alright, what was next?
2: Alright, so after this we had uh, Hardy's backstage with Ethan Page I really don't give a shit about this But it God, looks like Page is getting a face turn of a shit just a What are they doing?
1: Ethan Page just Looks like a down. Page face turn Okay.
0: All right, Max. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: was about to say don't piss me off. we had slap nuts.
2: we had an absolutely wild match uh, on a one-week build. We had uh, Jungle Boy and Hooks so of Jungle Hook versus Preston Vance and Drillistico and they did like this Texas tornado match where uh, Preston Vance just got busted Woo. the hell open. And there's blood everywhere like table spots and chains and uh absolutely nuts but uh in, in the ends up you know jungle hook they they put them in the dual finishers or they put uh, Jose the assistant and um press advance in dual finishers. they got the double tap They uh, they have to go tap
0: did anybody else think that when hook was covered with all that blood that he was a newborn baby? <laughs>
1: man i know you see you redeemed yourself you took your time you took your time on that one and then you just go on ahead and finish that motherfucker home you ain't shit by the way i couldn't get it out (laughs) no i fucked up again (laughs) no i thought you did good better than the first time around um press advance god bless that dude i mean he's just trying to you know Go up the car and he's just getting busted open on a random ass Wednesday night. Not nearly as bad as uh, Steve Mackwood on uh, Under Siege, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now, but still a lot, a lot, a lot of blood. Um, I said it to a uh, device last night. This was shit. This shit was wild. I, I, it meant nothing absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of AEW. But if you threw these four jokers out here, here's Texas Tornado's rules. Knock yourselves out. I was entertained.
0: For sure. It was entertaining. No doubt.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, we did not get uh, Jungle Boy turning on hook, but uh, are we was still expecting that. that? I think I'm still expecting that. <laughs> I was
1: like, you got that chair. Go ahead. Dog. Ain't nobody looking.
0: So you think Jungle so- Boy's turning on hook? You think that's imminent? I think I he's do. turning think
1: on something. Turn. I I think he's, I think he's turning and Hook is a a really big baby face. Probably on the same stature as uh Jungle Boy. It would make sense
0: if Jungle Boy turns heel. He's got to get rid of that music.
1: Oh yeah, it's gone.
2: Okay. I'm not uh, all
1: right. it either. Yeah.
2: It's next. Tony Khan. He comes out to
3: announce
2: the main event of Collision. We had uh, Samoa Joe with Blade and Juice Robinson how versus is, FDR and CM Punk.
0: Right. How is just saying Tony Khan and thinking about the segment enough to make everybody start cracking
3: up? <laughs> I'm laughing for
1: my own reason. I, I mean, his, his reason is there's different than so, the reason I'm there's, laughing.
0: There's so many jokes. I mean, there are so many jokes. <laughs> I mean it is Number one. it is something wild. Anyway, but yeah, sorry. It is uh Bullet Club Gold and Joe versus Punk and FTR as I saw somebody on Twitter say today. They said, "Oh, well, I mean that's fun, but that's not like tell your wife get out of the house for a few hours fun." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I, uh, right. I
2: thought it was a hell of a main event, actually. I uh, I was pretty stoked about it.
1: Yeah, I'd rather just see Punk versus Joe, right?
2: Yeah, but then you don't have like any build at all. Like this is building to either Punk Joe or Punk Switchblade or both, um, and it's building for Juice and Jay against the against FTR, which I think is also building. I think you know. Man, yeah, we'll get there.
0: God damn it. I just thought about Punk Switchblade, and for a split second, I forgot about how much I hated Punk. And I was like, oh,
2: that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> but, it, you know, if it was a single, I, I think they put him in a six-man match because they know they only have... Uh, the because he won't have to do any of the work. They'll it, it put him in there with the two workhorses, and that way they'll get. They'll probably get two episodes of Collision out of him before he gets hurt again.
1: Jesus. I, I, I was nowhere near going to be that cynical. I was like, you know, my biggest thing is um, seeing the match itself. My knee-jerk reaction was FTR and Punk together, and obviously Dax and uh, Phil have a uh, connection of some sorts. I guess maybe Cash does too. I don't know. I guess my my knee-jerk reaction was this is a a roll of the dice for FTR, more so than anybody else on this um, between these six guys. Fans love FTR, and fans are polarizing on CM Punk. Putting them together, even for this match in Chicago, Chicago will love this shit. They're going to eat up the fact that the CM Punk's back home, yada, yada, yada. Get it. I
2: think uh, Dax is just a connoisseur of CM Punk's farts. (laughs) He's got his own, like, tasting glass. He's
1: just like... (laughs) You ain't shit. But I I guess my point is, Hmm. FTR is making a very intriguing decision to where I would like to see reactions of fans going forward outside of Chicago. It should still be okay. It's an interesting point. As long point. as you don't keep them motherfuckers together.
0: It's an interesting point.
1: Uh, all right. Uh,
2: I'll be watching that first episode of Collision. Time will tell. Uh, you know, I how think many we're
0: all going to watch.
1: I mean, like I said, you Imagine trick- one
0: of us showing up to the podcast and being like, actually, I didn't see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. On three, on three, name the person that you would think would not watch the first episode of Collision. On three, yeah. which I'll go one, two, three, we'll say the name. Okay. One, two, three. Zach. Zach. <laughs> 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 oh, shit, that's funny. That is kind of funny. <laughs> Go ahead, Tupir. Sorry, I threw you uh, at the bus.
2: I mean, I said my own name. <laughs> uh, but I just don't want it to be Thunder, right? Because I remember as a kid being so hyped that, like, Thunder came out. And uh, I it didn't take me long to just not really makes Thunder a priority. So I've probably yeah. asked this before. Is Rampage sticking around? It is. Jesus
0: Christ.
2: That's five hours of AEW
0: weekly. God
2: damn. That's a lot.
0: Okay.
2: It's a lot. It's the same amount as WWE. They have three and two, and then AEW has two and two and one. Plus Tony's doing ROH. Uh, But Dark and Elevation are going away.
0: Two hours Uh, of NXT. I mean, if you're doing that much work, the blow don't hurt, right? I mean, that's a (laughs) lot of bucking. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's
2: a lot of bucking. (laughs) Uh, We had Takeshita, who beat a jobber who, for a second, I thought was Sean Spears that worried me for a second. You 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 ain't
1: going to do it. I'll do it. Jesus (laughs) Jesus <laughs> Christ! Come on!
0: I didn't. I like. I didn't even. I looked up and it was over. Like I, I never. Perfect. Even, I never even saw the guy's face. I don't think.
1: Perfect. It doesn't matter. Womp yeah, but, his ass. Uh,
2: the catcher, and Don Callis are getting Dominic material levels of heat.
0: Oh yeah, it's good. Don Callis is good. Big fan. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm here for the. I'm here for that ride. And Alex Marvez, ooh, ooh, I'm Cage. Sorry. Go We're, ahead. Um, if Swerve doesn't beat Orange Casty, to should. this Oh, um, that'd be good. Down with that.
2: Yeah, that'd be real good. Ooh, I think I almost like that
1: more. I kind of almost like it more, but I think Swerve should be the one. At this point, I'm just like, dude, if he doesn't beat this motherfucker, wow, wow, like, wow, wow.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, back to the segment Chris and Cage, the locker room. Um, I didn't catch this. Uh, now that I, I have no idea what happened, I don't think I really cared too much. Uh, I Lucha, I
0: tuned out. Luchasaurus beat up Arne Anderson's kid in the locker room. Oh,
2: and, yeah, riveting stuff. Yeah. That's um, ah, fine. Damn. They have five hours okay. of TV.
1: How is it that the guy that doesn't have kids is it the one like oh riveting stuff you know if your kids were getting beat ba- beat down backstage you know this is for you we're trying to you know appeal to oh, the parents say- in the room
0: oh so you're saying this segment was trying to engage us on an emotional level of course yeah didn't do it no <laughs> there was yeah. a there was a dinosaur making noises <laughs> I mean the guy came out in a dinosaur <laughs> fucking mask
3: <laughs> uh, like
2: <laughs> it was not very realistic.
3: <laughs> it it, it
2: wasn't was, my paternal instincts in overdrive. Uh, it <laughs> wasn't like watching Mystic River. <laughs> Just
0: Sean Penn. Is that my daughter in
3: there? Is that my daughter in there?
0: No, it was it was a dinosaur beating up beating up Ric Flair's best friend's kid. A dinosaur. <laughs>
2: You guys are always shaming yourself. I'd rather watch them Gibson's some payback. <laughs>
1: Give me back my son! I remember you. A ransom, what? not
2: payback. I'd watch payback. Though. Yeah, payback rips.
1: <laughs> what? I can't remember what episode that was. And there was so many. This was, Give I think, me back my son. I think this was Shock City days when you just you were on that one episode. I mean, it just every fucking time. Give me back my son. <laughs> It was like, you had the like the remix, and you played the remix yeah. on the air. I was like, "What the fuck?" It's like, give me back, give me back,
3: give me back, give me back, my son.
1: Give me the money, give and, me the money.
0: Right. And then Garrison he's like, "Give me the money."
3: <laughs>
0: it's real really baby. You, you gotta love it's it. It's really good.
3: So.
0: Oh
2: So we had uh, Chris Patlander beating Anna Jay, so um, obviously retaining her TBS title. Uh, Main thing here was uh, Ty Valkyrie standing backstage. It seems like maybe now she's going to be a heel. She's mad that after she lost, somebody won. Kind of like getting mad whenever, like, somebody opens a spaghetti jar sauce that you, like, couldn't fucking open. Like, just... (laughs) I don't
1: understand the anger. Why is this (laughs) motherfucker on fire tonight? (laughs) God damn. I don't get it either. I'm a Tyra Valkyrie fan. The fact that it feels like she's even enhancement talent off the bat just bothers the shit out of me. But it feels like they're building to... Statlandard Valkyrie I'm assuming Forbidden Door feels about right at this point. They did it last year's Forbidden Door, they'll probably do it this year as well. It is what it is. You know who's going to go over so at that point, you know, let's move along to the next one.
0: Wait a minute. I just had a thought that I haven't thought yet. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I was like She's in Mercedes, but she got the but she's, ankle. but she's hurt. Yeah, but like would would Mar- Would they have done a Mercedes Monet? Forbidden door match in AEW? I mean, that would have been fucking crazy, right?
1: If if Mercedes didn't get hurt, she would be the strong, the NJPW strong champion. So maybe? I mean, it's just, I, I don't know.
0: Man. that The that opportunity would, was there. The
1: opportunity is there. There you go.
0: That would have been a big deal.
1: It's going to be a big oh, deal yeah. regardless. It, now you're just. Yeah, but her on American
0: television or for an American promotion, WWE's biggest rival. Like
1: You know she's going to get there. It's just not going to be for, for for forbidden door.
0: All right. And what was next?
2: Next, we had... Um, oh, what do we have? Oh, yeah, the main event. Yep. Uh, Jay White and Ricky Starks. Um, so... Uh, Pretty fun match uh, just because uh, Jay White is phenomenal. Ricky Starks is really good. Uh, you know, great heel, great baby face. But uh, finish was obviously. I was wondering how they were going to do this finish because you don't want to beat Jay White. And it seems rough to beat Ricky Starks whenever he just gets beat up every single week and then you just beat him clean. So this is kind of what was expected. But uh, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't make it like super interesting or, uh, it doesn't make, um, it's not a feel good situation. So, uh, but, uh, we had the guns come out, which is completely unexpected. I mean, I figured some fuckery, even though they had, uh, the rest of the crew banned from ringside, but the guns is not what I was expecting. So I don't know if the ringside. guns right, are it. bullet club now. I don't know if it's just a mercenary situation. Um, I guess we'll find out, but uh, yeah, Jay White goes over, and overall, pretty decent episode of Dynamite.
0: Yeah, it certainly gave the podcast uh, a lot of free advertisement. I mean, they said "ban from Ringside" a lot.
1: Oh shit!
0: And I liked it. I say that needs really to be a drop.
1: I'm telling you, that needs to be a drop. I, you know, I I don't want to fall into
0: the trap of just fancy booking everything. But it would be fucking hilarious next week if the guns, the ass boys came backstage to Jay White and Juice and they were wearing like Bullet Club shirts and Juice and Jay White are like, no, you're not in the Bullet Club. Did you think that we were inviting you to be in the Bullet Club? No, the ass boys are not in the Bullet Club. Hit the fucking bricks.
1: I would, honestly,
0: unless they had like the guns be like they're young boys or something, that would be funny too.
1: Honestly, I can almost see that because you they can be,
0: um, oh man, the biggest fail sons in the history well, of fucking even, no, not wrestling. even that, but that's they, they, a fucking they, they litter that's a fucking full graveyard too, man.
1: <laughs> that, oh, Jesus Christ, that's a you can ha- have them be the the guys that eat pins instead of Jay White and or Juice. If you have plans for Juice, you better have plans for Jay White. The fact that he's even in this a tag team uh, scene at this point kind of bothers me, neither here nor there. Um, the guns coming out is a twist. I like your idea, but my knee-jerk reaction is somehow, some way. They're gonna be a part of this boy club go. They need guys, and they just showed two more that just came out there. Wait. So that's my knee-jerk reaction.
0: My knee-jerk reaction was, oh,
1: these guys, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but no, Why are you doing that? But but Zach makes a great point. Fucking. How do you get out of this? You gotta you gotta build up Jay, but you can't let Ricky Starks go down clean a fucking locker
0: room full of go-getting work-rate motherfuckers and the fucking guns come out. Bill. I'm just saying I'm
1: disappointed. Maybe they are there to eat the pens. I don't know. It's still disappointing. I'm not disagreeing with that, but somebody had to come out that was not named Juice Robinson.
0: That's fine. Find two more guys. They, They fucking own everybody on the planet.
1: <laughs> not named wwe but yeah fair enough
0: anyway uh yeah i thought it was a pretty good dynamite too uh anything else we gotta say about it? next week's gonna be a loaded show obviously mjf Adam Cole Bay and that tag match the hung bucks versus the elite i mean too big are they
2: expecting like a basketball match or something is that is that a because like there's oh a
1: loaded show. oh my god did you what what did you just call this? Can, can you say that again? There, please? There are- <laughs> I, I'm 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 sorry. You know we're past the uh, the just the regulation of the basketball matches portion of the program. They're you know? all
0: they're all part of the it. They're all part of the same networks anyway. Even if it was an NBA game, it wouldn't be that. But no, they're no that series. Sh- the, yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, they're I'm not, sure they they're not worried something. about
1: that. Yeah, I'm
0: as long as this. I not- think it's probably just one of their themed. Is it Bash at the Beach or something? No. Okay. Well, uh, all right. Well, either way, I'm excited. Hey, you know what we do to make this podcast exciting? We ring the damn bell. One, two, wrong house. Three. Uh, so, all right, so let's not, I don't, listen, we are headed towards an all-time, like, long-ass podcast, so, I, aren't we? I feel like we are, especially if we're going to go through every single G1 announcement, every single match, so, you just let your boy quarterback it, okay? Um, we're going to talk about NJPW Dominion, the pay-per-view. Uh, overall grade on this pay-per-view, I would give it, you know what, I'll save it for the end. But let's start at the beginning, which we had Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer in a number one contenders match for the NJPW US title. Lance Archer was seemed like a motivated Lance Archer in this match. He was fucking spectacular. This match didn't overstay its welcome. I think it was a little under ten minutes. Eight oh one. Eight oh one. Oh my God. Uh but of course Osprey goes over, which sets up the match against Omega at Forbidden Door. Jason, what you think?
1: More so about Lance Archer than uh Will Ospreay. Just for me personally, I like Lance Archer. He was built up in the New Japan Cup uh pre COVID and then he came over to Uh, AEW lost to Moxley in a title match and really hasn't had much traction since in AEW. So seeing him in New Japan like this made me a little reminiscent of the good old days. But ultimately, the right guy went over, obviously. I just Like I said, for me, it's more about Lance Archer, about what could have been if he stayed versus what it is since he left.
0: What do you think, Zach?
2: I thought this was a fantastic little sprint. Uh, We've seen these guys wrestle before. And they're always really good, but yeah, it was like, they had that much time. Osprey, they're both coming back from injuries. So, um, yeah, it was a great way to open the show. Super fun. Loved it.
1: Um, This match, I think I skipped a match here. What was Shingo fighting in? He, uh, he it was basically LIJ. Was L. that IJ. the next match? Yeah, it was LIJ versus uh, Just Five Guys. Just five, just five.
2: it was pretty much guys. the the main event. It was the main event uh stable <laughs> just minus That's the Charles main Charles. event guide. That, uh, gotcha. that I didn't mean to interrupt uh the retelling re- the the re- uh, telling of the Chris Charlton song, which has <laughs> been a, a really fun meme.
1: Uh I really enjoyed those.
2: Uh they've been very funny.
1: Um, Radio Khan was pretty fucking good too the um, great was, all was hell
0: saying. we had kevin knight and kushida versus tjp and akira what is the name of their tag team again
1: intergalactic Catch jet setters 22 Senators. oh I'm sorry uh Catch 22 is obviously the united empire um, right akira's name akira. intergalactic jet setters is uh kevin knight and kushida
0: wow uh I forget who went over in this match because all I remember is the end. <laughs> the challengers went over. Um, so Kevin Knight and Kushida hold the belts now?
1: No. Uh, no.
0: Or TJP and Akira. Yes. Catch-22. And then, uh, uh, what's his face? Clark Connors comes out. All bullet clubbed up now.
1: and well, It's not even now. It's He's been bullet club for yeah, a little bit. I, well, yeah. He,
0: this wasn't his uh, bullet club. Since resurgence, I guess. Right. So, But, I mean, he's been Bullet Club for a couple months. And he said, uh, you know, I got my buddy with me, and they kept looking for who it was going to be. And who could it be but Driller Dan Maloney, their dog right behind him, big-time heel turn. And so Dan Maloney is now a member of the Bullet Club also. What do you think about this angle, Zach?
2: I thought it was phenomenally done. Um, I wasn't expecting it. It just came out of nowhere because they had had, like, kind of a rivalry in the um, in the uh, Battle of the Super Juniors. So, uh, yeah, I fully expected somebody to be coming down the ramp. And whenever he, Dan Maloney, attacked from behind, I was like, oh, man. I was like, that was really well done. Uh, especially by, you know, some guys that are not used to doing big angles. Um, so, it uh, also gives Dan Maloney, who. Had a very nice showing, uh, technically. Um, I think it gives him some good character. I think he's kind of going to be better in both clubs than United Empire. And, um, yeah, definitely interesting. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, wrestling is best when it gives you what you want, but not necessarily what you exce- what you expect. And uh, this was one of those things. Like you said, brilliantly executed. And this was a sneaky... Newsworthy show for Bullet Club, for sure. Um, You know, don't want to jump the gun too much, but, I mean, we also had Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd uh, are also part of the Bullet Club now, and Bullet Club is kind of
1: exciting. Is this version of Bullet Club kind of exciting, Jason? Uh, The funny part about it is I thought Alex Coughlin was going to be the guy that uh, was going to come down the ramp when Car Connors was calling somebody down, and then it ended up being uh, Dan Maloney. I like Dan Maloney when he was a part of United Empire because United Empire pretty seems fairly chill for the most part, except for Great O'Con who just brings out swords whenever he wants to. But Dan Maloney was like that—the firecracker, the uh, the the hothead of the group. But. Flipping him to bull Club with the Bullet Clubs being now. Savages makes sense. Now, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, oh, this is boring, this is boring, yada, yada, yada. I'm willing to give this shit a chance, man. I, I like Gabriel Kidd. I like Alex Coughlin. I think pound for pound, I think he's one of the strongest wrestlers in the world. Cart Kyers, I've been huge on for a long, long time. And Dan Maloney, I saw him in progress. And seeing him back in uh, New Japan makes me interested. I'm willing to see where this goes. You know, it you know what? It's different.
0: I mean, also, David Finley's a pretty cool fucking leader so far.
1: So far, because it it's not – it's a different iteration of Bullet Club.
0: Zach, where are you at on Bullet Club right now? Uh,
2: generally positive because it's just new life, right? They're breathing new life, and it's it's a different act, and it's a diff- they're bringing in, like, young talent, right? It's not strictly um, – yeah, you know, we've seen like that kind of when we first started the podcast. We had kind of the tail end of uh, the Kenny Omega Bullet Club, and then the transition to the Jay White. And between like the Jay White and the Evil, and like the House of Torture, and all that, uh, Jay White is excellent. But I still, I felt like the act was getting very stale. This is a nice refresher.
0: So, is House of Torture just? Are they still considered like an affiliate of Bullet Club? I mean.
1: As, as they never they're bring it they're up. a subgroup of Bullet Club. As it stands right now, none of them, when it came down to David Finley taking over, none of them has ever kind of really challenged that. They've gone, as the flow of the leader goes, they go with the flow. That being said, are they bullet club essentially yes
0: and you know what really bothers me is when people that don't actually watch new japan and they talk they compare the bullet club to nwo the bullet club would only be like nwo if all the old bullet club members were still in the bullet club <laughs> and there was just like 30 <laughs> people in the bullet club
3: oh, this man. is
0: a this is like more like a fraternity that you pass through kind of like you don't stay bullet club all the time nwo everybody on the roster was nwo it was, it was completely stupid
1: i will say this the, the reason i think the biggest reason i like uh bullet club this new iteration of bullet club is because now you have a chance to get five guys over if you if you can possibly do it hell if you but, get one but, of these guys but just over, five guys though right no, no <laughs> all five guys <laughs> so ten guys <laughs> no just these five guys um No, but you got a chance to get guys over. Clark Cowles, I think, is just, you know, is right there on the cusp. Dan Maloney, same way. Gabriel Kidd and Alex Coughlin are are like the next tier down. But if you put them in spots where you can see them – build themselves up, have good matches. I think this is a good way to get these guys over. It's just not flashy Bullet Club. with the Bucks and Cody and all these other guys. But,
0: yeah, exactly, because the when the Bullet Club started out, and I'm not acting like I watched it back then, but I, I understand the history now. When Bullet Club started out, it was four guys who weren't Japanese that felt like they were being underused and they were young and hungry. They're only household names now because it worked. So, it's not, like, Bullet Club wasn't always supposed to be filled with your your favorite indie guys. Bullet Club was supposed to be new guys that they believed in. You know what I mean? That's why it became a faction, and that's what these guys feel like. These guys feel,
1: you know. A throwback to the original, like, so let's see like, where it goes.
0: Kind of the way that people are going to make fun of me for this comparison, but, like, when Nexus, like, got pushed into, like, when it was Wade Barrett,
1: that
0: that that shit Look. was pretty okay, man.
1: Look. I'm still. I'm one of the biggest things I will take to my grave. Number one, Booker T should have beat Triple H. Number two, Nexus should have beat John Cena.
0: Yeah, I agree. Wade Barrett. I tell you what, Trump wouldn't have gotten elected if Wade Barrett would have beat John Cena. <laughs> just fucking, we're talking butterfly effect. You All the way fun. through.
1: You stupid as fuck. Go. On, what's next? <laughs> uh,
0: we had uh, Zack Saber Junior. versus Jeff Cobb for the TV title. Big fan of this match, A, because I love everything that Zack Sabre Jr. does. I love most of what Jeff Cobb does. It didn't go 14 minutes and 30 seconds like the last of them. It went like the last bunch of them, it feels like. It went about eight and a half minutes and Zack Sabre Jr., the pin I wrote down here, what a pin with exclamation point because Zack Sabre Jr. reversed the tour of the islands into a crucifix pin and I watched it like twelve times in a row. It was very badass. What do you think, Zach?
2: Oh, I'm glad you said that because that, I mean this this match is excellent, but that was the thing that stood out the most, and also because it was the finish. But uh, yeah, fantastic. I was like, oh my god, they pulled that off so well. Um, yeah, loved it. I don't know who's gonna beat Zach Saber Junior. But Whoever does, he's like uh, the Orange Cassidy of New Japan. Right stole
1: now. my thunder because he said, "Bill said Orange Cassidy should be on the list of Wrestle the Year, so should Zach Saber Jr."
0: Yep, he wrestles all sorts of guys. I, I could, I, I, I intently watch every single one of his matches. They're so interesting. Um, he's also a great. If you, if you would have explain, if you would try to explain that finish to me tour of the islands reversed into a crucifix pen i would have been like i can't like you're trying to make me imagine a new color it's like i can't like i can't even it doesn't even make any sense it was
1: it, it i don't think they could have done it that way perfectly if you gave them 10 times they got it the right time the one time i looked up i was like what the fuck just happened Dude, it was it's awesome. over what
0: it was awesome um I also really enjoyed his little promo with Kevin Kelly afterwards where he called Jeff Cobb, pretty good looking. And Kevin Kelly <laughs> goes, yes, he is. He goes, not as good as this though. And he pointed at himself and he goes, I could be a stonemason with his chin.
1: CSJ <laughs> <laughs> <was so> <laughs> is so good on the mic and he does because, Incredible do, joke. because it's not, it's not presented like American wrestling where it's, mostly it feels like it's mostly promo driven new japan you just have to go out and seek the backstage comments and that's where Zack saber jr really fucking shines and a lot of other people do but neither here nor there go ahead
0: uh we had united empire versus bishamon versus house of torture for the vacant tag team belts uh Bishman goes over zach you cool with this ending what you think of this match
2: yeah that's the ending that i expected and you know, over the House of Torture stuff, but at least the crowd was into it. They were getting some heat, so at least it wasn't just, like, killed the crowd uh, when it happened. But, um, yeah, this was the worst match on the show, but that's not really its fault.
0: Yeah, and I really didn't even hate it. The The House of Torture stuff was presented as so over the top, and it was on a spot of the car, spot on the card that's not that big of a deal. I actually was a big fan of this match.
1: Um, Brett said the same thing to me. Same old shit. Um, I'm starting to get to the point where you and Brett cannot meet. At the, I, I said it when I first met him,
0: so he agrees with me.
1: Yeah, he he oh. he, he quoted you on uh, PS3 PSP 9. I mean, uh, smart, this, this guy's yeah. I, I, it's getting to the point where you two cannot meet unless it's on my deathbed or, or in the uh, party there afterwards. Um, to me, that's just it's same old house of torture shit. You know, we've Even met it, right a few times. No. Never. High five time? No. I'm talking about Brett. I've never met this person? No. I like him. I know. I <laughs> know. you and high five time. <laughs> I know you guys met. Okay, I was there. I was, you know, drunk or high. My bad. Drunk slash high as I was, I saw you guys meet. Gotcha. Did... No, y'all can't meet at this point because now you're you the same, sound the same, saying the same shit. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs>
2: when you got it, you got it. Yeah, right. Go ahead. So what you're saying, Jason, is that you have a type of podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, three. Bears. Uh, yeah, and then and then and then Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd came out. You know, we already we already discussed the uh, Bullet Club thing. So. Up next, was there anything else that you had to say about that match? I I like that Bishamon went over. They were, they were the right team to go it's over.
1: A, it's it's a smart team to go over. How, uh, Aussie Open is the 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 one that hurts because now you could have had something going on with that. But I, I'm assuming they're going to figure it out. Bullet Club is going to be is there for a reason, so we'll figure it out.
0: All right. So up next we have the G1 announcement, and this year as rumored is not 28 like last year it is 32 so it is going to be four blocks of eight and somebody being uh somebody who's watched New Japan for five or six years now, I was like, man, they're like, I I really acted like I was a fucking purist. I was like, oh, God, what the fuck, man? I, th- I really like when it's just two blocks of 10. Apparently, it wasn't always two blocks of 10. Like, it changes all the time. It's just, so there's no reason to be too precious about it. I like this four groups of eight because last year got a little confusing because all the blocks weren't fighting on all the same night. This year, hopefully, they can do... Block A fights one night, block B fights the next night, block C, block D. And then if they have to do it later, they can do eight eight match cards, which is probably what will happen. Um, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on that. I'm not going to read through every participant, but I will read through participants who have either never fought in the G1 before or who weren't in it last year. So Shota Umino is there. Tangaloa is back. Haven't seen him in a while. Hikaleu is in it this year. Um Let's see here. Here was a big. Here was one that surprised a lot of people. Was Eddie Kingston is going to be in the G one? How do you think Eddie Kingston's going to do, Jason? It's this a, is no. I mean, this a lot is, of working. This is
1: his dream, and depending on the schedule, because like you said, I think the schedule is going to be like best of the super juniors was a really compact schedule. It felt like every day or every other day these guys were wrestling. That was two blocks. This is four, so you can you're going to be able to stretch it out a little bit more. So Eddie Kingston, in theory, should be okay if you limit him on you know the pre match, you know cars that you don't watch. If you limit him on that and just stick to the G one specifically, he should be okay.
0: What do you th- How do you think he's going to do, Zach?
2: Like standing wise, or just uh,
0: no? Nah, just a, on- like do you think he'll have a good tournament in
2: terms of entertainment? I think he'll have a great- I think he'll have a great tournament. I mean, he is an absolute student and just uh, of, like, King's Road, All Japan. And he's just
1: fine. (laughs) Yeah.
2: He's, like, right at home. Even though, like, generally he doesn't seem like – it seems like kind of an esoteric choice. Uh, One of these things is not like the other. He does really well in that style. And uh, he's going to hit hard, and it'll be good. Yeah, I can't wait to see.
0: He'll be
1: this year's Minoru Suzuki.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see him in here. I I really I'm, I'm sh- I think we've already gotten it before, but I would really like to see Eddie Kingston Ishii. Like that sounds. Didn't we get that on a pre-show one time or something?
1: Actually, yeah. um, funny or, that you said that. When uh, the King- Windy City Riot was Ishii and Minoru Suzuki. Ishii won and then Eddie Kingston came out. So we got this last
0: year. Eddie Kingston, Aaron Hanari. I mean, that sounds like a heavy hitting match. Um, so uh I think ELP was in it last year, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh Ren Narita, uh, Edgar Ren Renner- is it going to be in it this year. <laughs> uh Gabriel Kidd, Alex Coughlin, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Yoda Suji, and Kaito Kiyomiya, who I think is from Noah. Yes, right.
1: uh, three-time uh, NOAA champion. So this is a um, – it was the one of the biggest surprise. Eddie Kingston won, and for me, Kaito Kiyomiya, too. Um, this continues a, a partnership of sharing talent between specifically NOAA and New Japan, All Japan. Wow. Uh, is kind of sprinkled in there. They'll have a show tomorrow night where all three of those Japanese pro, uh, promotions will be on the same show, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But yeah, Kaito Kiyomiya being in this only should only mean that he and uh, Okada should be in the same block because they've had beef before. They had a match, before, um, a match where Okada just basically made him look like a little bitch. So in this scenario, he should be there to... Build him up, A, but B, to have him face Okada again.
0: So uh, there's going to be a lot more G1 content on the Band from Ringside podcast uh, over the next, when, when
1: is it exactly, about a month from now? Uh, I think they said 7 uh, the seven fifteen. so that's July through August, if I'm not mistaken. So,
0: uh, Zach, last question about the G1, all right. Um, are you excited for it?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. Zach, what do you think about the four groups of eight?
2: I I think it's uh, totally fine. He, you know, last year I was a little bit uh, worried, you know, with like the four groups of seven um, just because the two blocks of ten had been so good. But this does give us a wider cast, and it gives the guys a wider schedule. And uh, so, yeah. Jason, um, where are you at? You won't necessarily get to see – As many of the mix-ups as you normally would, but uh, I'm positive on it. I think it's fine.
1: Yeah, um, ultimately you'll get what you have last year, where you have block winners facing block winners. Um, I came up with the two blocks of ten, like you said, five, six years ago. So I'm kind of used to that. But like you said, the two peers said it. The wider the the wider cast and nets, where you get, you know. Eddie Kingston, Kiyomiya, guys that you wouldn't expect to see in a G1. Obviously, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson so is some guys that we're talking about, but I'll take uh, the match with Okada over him being in the G1 any day and twice on Sunday. So in that scenario, no problem with it.
0: Finley goes over ELP and what was a good match, but it felt like they held a little something back because they might be returning to it sometime down the line. What do you think of it, Zach?
2: Oh, yeah, this was uh, super fun. You guys work together real well. Um, Fantasmo is just as good of a babyface worker because of his moveset as he was just a stupid prick heel. Um, I almost think I maybe prefer him as a stupid prick heel because he did the stupid, like, cock knocker stuff, and it was just so funny. But uh, he's good. And, uh, yeah, this is solid. But, yeah, Finley goes over. No surprise there. Uh, yeah. Solid match jcb what
0: you think
1: um i agree with two beer on this one i like elp as the heel um but i'd see the crowd loves elp so flipping him into a baby face makes sense the right guy went over especially when you built bullet club all the way up to this point you can't have david finley lose I'm not going to say who beats David Finley because, I mean, in the grand scheme, what is it, in the, the Roman Reigns unit, he's like 0.1 at this point. So hey, we're a long way away from that point. Do you know
3: what
0: ELP stands for? It Actually, it stands for extra Logan Paul because he looks exactly the fuck <laughs> like Logan Paul. They look the exact fucking same. When he came out, I was like, did they get Logan Paul? This guy's all over the place. Put him in the G1. You don't think they look alike?
1: That you mentioned guess yeah, dude. They look exactly alike. That you uh, yes.
0: Hiromu uh, goes over Watto in what is Watto's second outstanding match in a row. Big fan of this match. The crowd is into it. Uh, Hiromu goes over. Hiromu's Got quite the rain. What do you think of this match, Zach?
2: Yeah. Master is really showing uh, that he has been deserving of this push that he's gotten winning uh, Battle Super Junior. So this kicked ass. This was awesome.
0: Kicked ass, uh, Jason.
1: Classic Gato booking, giving Wado the BOSJ trophy, but not having him win the. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, no problem with that. You do, you're do, you killing two birds with one stone. You're building two guys up at the same time. Coromo's going to get this, should get a nice little run, and then at that point I expect him to go up to the heavyweight division. But at the same time, you're building Master Waddle up to the point where you can now realistically see him winning the title, and that's his next chapter in his career. Uh, Moxley, Claudio, and Shota Umino versus Ishii, <laughs> Tanahashi, and Okada. Where are you left about? Because watching this live, um, it was the Claudio watch. Claudio was running late because of, I think there was a typhoon. Oh, that's right, And yeah. it was basically like they switched the card like a couple hours, it, probably even more so than that. They switched the card to where this six-man uh, – title match should have went beforehand the seventh match was the uh the horomu waddle match and then the title match was the main event they switched the matches just to make sure that cardio could get there in time so that's why when you say that it makes me giggle from that point it fucking delivered cardio came in and just kind of business he he through, he swung, caught around like a little bitch. He's uppercutting guys left and right. It's exactly what I wanted. The right team went over, but Claudio was the showcase that I expected him to be.
2: What you think, Zach? Oh, this is awesome. This was the funnest match on the show by far, and it was just the style mixing and the stars and uh, just everything about it. Uh, was phenomenal. Ishii threw that headbutt from probably I don't know twelve inches away from Moxley and busted him open. Like he threw a hard way headbutt on the side of his head and just blasted Moxley. And that was probably the best thing that happened to Moxley all week.
0: Yeah, I he bet he probably got. Loved I that. bet he got hard.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I have to clap
1: myself. Fantastic. <laughs> he got like a
0: hard win. Uh, Iron Sheik put Hogan in the. Cobra Clutch when he, uh, when he <laughs> at the garden. Here's <laughs> you a picture of that where like Iron Sheet clearly has an erection. They've they've asked him about. It. He just giggled.
3: <laughs>
0: Seriously, look it up. And then uh, fi- finally, the main event with Sonata goes over Yoda Suji. in about 17 minutes, Yoda Suji. Well, I wasn't familiar with his work at all. This was a really fun match, and I got to say, Yoda Suji's it it was a very fun match. I really enjoyed his interplay with the rest of LIJ. Um in, in the background
1: about like he's acting like he's the leader and shit. What do you think, Jason? Um that was the one of the questions I asked on PSP is this a is this a precursor of what, of things to come is Suji stepping up and trying to usurp Naito as the leader? Um, him coming, asking for the fist bump at the press conference was a little weird. Him asking for the press, the fist bump before the match is a little weird. There's one guy that I expect to see LIJ with the fist bump going first. And that's Naido. Now, all that being said, we hadn't seen, I'll go, I'll speak for myself. I haven't seen Yoda Suji since, Royal Quest when he wrestled Tomohiro Ishii. I thought that was a, a crazy match, and I hadn't seen him since. Seen him, you know, beat up just five guys, but then you didn't see him to the build to this match. So I had no idea what to expect. He's superseded all expectations. I thought Shoto Umino has a high ceiling. I think Suzuki is higher than that. the same way. He's... Blown away all the guys that went to excursion and now has come back. Yoda Suji in the G1 is a story to watch. I'm not saying he's gonna win it. I'm just saying that's gonna be one of the guys to watch. Maybe he's in the block with Naido and they have to wrestle. Something like that. Or uh Shingo, something along those lines. But I will say this number one, there is something to be said about the LIJ thing. I think that comes into play down the line. And number two, Yoda Suji. The name to remember coming out of Dominion. Uh,
2: Zach. Yeah, uh, I remember Yoda Suji from his beef with yu uh, Yu Yuri uh a couple years ago at G1. Like, they would open every show and wrestle to a, dr- <laughs> draw. a draw.
0: Oh, it was that guy. I
2: remember that. Yeah. But, yeah, he was decidedly less handsome, shorter hair, uh, less charismatic. Well, he looks less like built. a Japanese god. Dude, he is a he's a superstar, and I know they don't do this. I know Ghetto doesn't do this. They're pretty selective about who they put that title on. I think they could have done, they could have made a star at Dominion, and throw so this belt on Yoda Suji and he would have not faltered with this thing. Um, I love this match. Uh, he just comes across like such a superstar. He is especially like if you think about the implications for G One. Um, him going in is, is uh, like a champ, and with Lij, and then maybe have Naito win the G1, and then you have to face uh, suji you know, and like the whole thing is like Naito is the leader of Lij, but then yeah, it I don't know, it's he is a star already, but he, like Jason said, it's going to be uh, the sky's the limit for this dude.
1: I'm just going to say this. They did hint to the fact that Yoda Suji could be the next Okada. Okada beat Tanahashi. The difference between those two, Sonata is not Tanahashi. Let's just go, let's just call this for what it is. It's not the same thing. What I've I don't seen even think Sonada's Yoda Suji.
2: You know what I mean? I think Yoda Zigi
1: know, will be better than Sonata. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> you Whoa. Ooh, I love that stuff. That's a hot-ass take. Love that stuff. <laughs> I wish we could just – I will need to find a way to, like, piece off this little hot take. And you just heard it me, here first. I mean, just put that on the, you know, this is what you're going to get from this week's band for ringside. I'll just say this. I get it. I just – I don't think you can pull the trigger when Sonata is the champion. If Okada was the champion, if Naida was the champion, Tanahashi, somebody with name, cachet that can absorb the loss, fine. Sonata is just getting started, and he's going to wrestle those same guys in LIJ at some point. Shingo, Naido, as long as he's the champion, those paths will cross. So I get it, but... I just I think the they did the right thing, but they put Yoda Suji on the map.
0: I'll tell you what, this was a spectacular event. There were no bad matches. I had a lot of fun, and it feels like uh, New Japan is back, baby.
1: Oh, it's been back for a little bit, shit. It's just now it's it's back back.
0: I mean, even uh, listen, it takes a lot of balls. To book such a big event like this with Sonata and Yodosuji as the main event and Hiromu and Wado, and putting Will Ospreay on first and putting Okada in a multi-man match, I mean, that's confident booking. And it worked. It, it worked out. Ultimately, it, that's it, what it is. It it's worked a, it's, out. It's a fresh product. It feels like a fresh product, and uh, they were – using a lot of the same guys for a lot of the same spots throughout all the pandemic. And Japan, the pandemic lasted a little bit longer than it did here in terms of precautions and stuff like that. So it feels like a fresh product now.
1: But I think the, we, we said it. I think New Japan was probably the one promotion that was hurt the most because of course their, I wanna say dependency on foreign talent, but bringing that foreign talent in, and then having those fresh matchups makes New Japan what New Japan is.
0: No doubt. That's going to do it for our three counts. One, two, three. All right, we got Letter, letter grade? Oh, my letter grade, I'd give it an A minus.
2: That was mine.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Fine. Fine. I'll go with it. Oh, come on, dude. I was gonna say B plus I need Nietzsche oh, reaction. That's
0: pretty good. Uh, we got some birthdays this week. Tatanka. 58, if he's still around.
1: <laughs> you see me over here like
0: uh Liv Morgan is 29, Dan Severn is sixty-five, Tay Conti is twenty-eight. Congratulations, Tay. Uh is thirty-five, Mark Henry is fifty-two, and Virgil is sixty-one. Oh, Virgil! Hey, Everybody, we know there's a ton of podcast to listeners, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Vice, Checks. for Tender Mahal, for Cedric who <laughs> texted me this week, pretty Check. funny. For Murray, the Murray Man, Murray. Check. It was about Damian Priest, of uh, course. That's funny. Uh, uh, for Murray, the Murray Man, Murray. For Lucha Chris, for Check. Patriot Pat. Check. For Reba the Dog, for Two Beers, Zach Bowman, for Jason Cornelius Bell, I'm Bill Behe. Happy Pride Month, Black Lives Matter. Tip
3: your local weed dealers, support your local restaurants, and boo the heels. Boo, Boo, bitch!